Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. In this episode, I get to speak with a longtime favorite musician of mine, Sean Johnson from Sean Johnson and the Wild Lotus Band. They have just released a brand new album called Mystery, which we will be talking about in the podcast. He also graces us with a acapella song and we get to listen to one of the tracks from the album. That's more towards the end. Before that, we're gonna discuss some of his band secrets, some of the dynamics of his group, um, his storytelling, his Irish ancestry, so many fun things. Also, I wanted to mention that I have become an ambassador for a brand that I feel super strongly about. I don't promote products very often, but this one is special because the product is actually a very elegant solution to a problem that is affecting our planet. It's called Earth Breeze, and it is a dehydrated laundry sheet, which means that when we do our laundry from now on, we don't have to use those bulky plastic containers. This is a sheet. It comes in an envelope, which is cardboard. They delivered it to you monthly. You get on a subscription. I find that I don't even need one pack a month and I have two kids, but these things are travel friendly because they're not bulky and they really work well compared to other eco-friendly laundry detergents. I've been in love with them and so I decided to become an ambassador for them and help sustain this podcast. So please click on the link below if you're interested in finding out more about that. The proceeds that I get from that will go into making this podcast even better. All right, let's get into Sean Johnson's episode. Thank you so much, Porter. I know know we've been talking about getting together like this for a while, and I'm so grateful that it's finally happening. Yeah. So let's start with talking about your new album, because that's exciting and on the horizon. And maybe by the time this is released, released. Yes. Yeah. Coming out uh, Friday, October 29th. Yeah. It's called mystery. And uh, the last time we put a new album out um, was seven years ago. Our last album was unity. And in some ways it feels like it was yesterday and other ways it feels like, wow, that was a long time ago. The time we've been playing and and touring, you know, very consistently uh, a lot up until the pandemic but just cooking up um, this new work for a long time now. And the theme of the album is really, you know, honoring mystery as an essential part of our spirituality, you know, and really trusting in what we can't see and what we don't have evidence for necessarily. And, and uh, really uh, it's like a devotional album, you know, honoring that sometimes secret presence that is kind of hiding underneath things. And uh even amidst challenge and adversity, you know, and pain and suffering and destruction, which are also themes, you know, in the album, uh, that that there's an undercurrent, you know, of of guidance that uh, sometimes can take us to surprising places. So that's the theme of the album. And I feel like, um, you know, given the amount of time between uh, releases, we've grown a lot as a band. Um, I'll mention my bandmates, uh, Alvin Young on... uh, guitar and and fretless bass and Gwendolyn Coleman on percussion and vocals. And we have been together for going on 17 years now as a, as a band. And uh, uh, I feel like in some ways we're a rare um, breed in the mantra, you know, community because there's so many solo artists 
who have backing musicians supporting them, which is wonderful. But somehow, uh, miraculously, <laughs> we have stayed together. It's the you know one of the longest relationships we've all had, and okay. uh, making music, you know, and and really in a collaborative way, a recording and touring, and uh, bringing together our different influences uh, and backgrounds. And um, so, yeah, we're releasing this album on uh, Friday, October twenty ninth, two thousand twenty one. And uh, just so excited, you know, it feels like uh, like Christmas, you know, is just <laughs> that moment put so much work into it. And then the moment comes to be able to share it, you know, with with the world. Uh, super grateful to to be in that position. I also want to mention that we crowdfunded the album. And so many, many people stepped up and supported it being possible. So I want to just give a shout out to all the people that uh, that were patrons, you know, in a sense. Yeah. I, as you were talking about you guys being together for 17 years, I was, I got really curious about what that collaboration looks like, like the nitty gritty of it. Like when you guys get together, what does that look like? <laughs> Good question. Well, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because on a human level, we have completely different personalities, uh, and we're very different from each other. And, uh, that's taken some navigation, you know, over the years. And, and uh, on the creative level, there's something really magical that happens when we close our eyes and we play music together. And there's a kind of chemistry that I would say in some ways is there when we're playing music together, that's not necessarily there when we're driving in a van <laughs> across the country, you know, and, and, uh, and yet at the same time, we have, you know, we're, we have like a sibling kind of relationship, you know, with each other. And uh, have really grown and seasoned, you know, a lot over the years. Um, you know, as far as personalities go and, and backgrounds, um, Alvin is just an incredible musician who really um, grew up in in New Orleans, you know, and playing uh, a lot of jazz music uh, with some of the greatest, you know, musicians New Orleans has ever had. Uh, Winton and Branford Marsalis and uh, James Black and James Booker and some real local legends. And he was gigging with those guys, you know, on a regular basis and had them in his bands and, and everything. And uh, he also has a strong background in classical music and, uh, and also, you know, being a, he's a little older than us. So he's a, you know, he's of generation where that kind of classic, um, you know, guitar rock, sound you know that that's a real uh, that's in his bloodstream you know as well so he has a wide um palette it's a musical palette and he brings that kind of and almost like professor he's like the professor you know in the band and uh has really helped us to shape you know and arrange our music over the years and i've learned i've learned a lot from him gwendolyn is uh a real free spirit you know and a wild um a wild woman and has a background playing percussion, drums, and actually um, she'd be the first to tell you this story herself. You know, she was first exposed to drumming uh, as a form of a mental health, you know, and, and treatment. And she found it to be a real pathway, you know, to her own healing and uh, has never stopped since, you know. So she's just like uh, rhythm just lives, you know, in her blood and, and everything she does uh, at every moment, she's just inside some sort of a pulse. She has a background in Middle Eastern rhythms, uh, in Middle Eastern music and flamenco music and uh, some avant-garde, you know, projects. 
and uh, is also really into different organic ways of creating sound. Like uh, she's really likes playing water. She likes drumming on water <laughs> and finding like all these hands different hands on water. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Finding all these different cool, you know, rhythms, wow. rocks. And, and so she kind of makeshift instruments that she creates. Uh, she's just, you know, anything like that for your, for your elbow. We do. Yeah. She yeah. likes to uh, record little, you know, funny sounds. Sometimes you don't even know that they're there. They're just a part of the fabric, you know, yeah. but for sure. Yeah. She loves to find all these cool um, ways to, to create sound and rhythm. And then, you know, in addition to that, which is just an incredible gift, you know, for our ensemble is she's got a beautiful voice, you know, and she's got, you know, really one of my favorite um, vocalists, you know, in the world of music that we, that we play in. And uh, she has a background, you know, way, way long ago in singing opera music and musical theater. And, uh, you know, initially when she first came into the band was very shy about singing and wasn't really singing in public a lot and slowly began to open her voice and her spirit and, and recognize the power, particularly of um, mantras, you know, and, and singing in a way that created, a, I would say a whole nother freedom, you know, for her. And she, I, I love the way our voices blend, you know, together. Um, my background, uh, you know, is as a child, um, New Orleans Symphony Children's Chorus and Musical Theater. Yeah. And, uh, I actually stopped singing for a long time. I had a kind of um, traumatic performance experience, uh, which I later realized was just my body going through puberty. Uh, and I, didn't <laughs> I didn't realize it. Uh, as a result, I was really embarrassed and I just shut my voice down for about a dozen years. And I started singing again, uh, not to perform, but as a way of connecting with my Irish ancestors. Uh, I was doing Irish studies in college and uh, beginning to learn these beautiful traditional, um, they're called Shanos songs, and they're all always sung uh, a cappella, uh, free time, very uh, beautifully ornamented and uh, often quite sad, <laughs> uh, which just like stirred my heart. And it was a way for me to really connect deeply, you know, to my ancestry. And I really kind of reconnected with my voice going to Ireland and singing these songs. And uh, uh, it was beautiful to come home to the practice of singing after many years. And I just realized I had really like lost touch with a part of my soul, you know, and a part of my creativity. And it was like reintegrating that back together again. Not long after I returned from my first trip to Ireland, I uh, discovered uh, mantra music and it was initially through a Sufi uh, teacher uh, and then um, I was in uh, graduate school at the Naropa Institute which at the time was the University of Creation Spirituality in Oakland California and uh, a teacher who has really made a huge influence on me is named Russell Paul who's from South India and I did a kind of apprenticeship with him and began studying South Indian uh, classical vocal music, Carnatic music, and uh, deep dive into, into mantra. And um, I would say that those two threads, uh, Irish music, particularly vocal music, and, uh, uh, and mantra, you know, have been just huge, you know, influences in my creative process. And uh, I bring those, you know, influences to the mix. So we have this incredible... Um, you know, just combination of chemistry and, and background and things that move us and, and shape us 
that when they come together, just, I feel create something, something distinctive, you know, and something special. And it's gotten better over the years as we have really, you know, just attuned to each other and trusted, you know, each other more and more. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit about where we're all coming from. And, and yeah, we're truly as collaborative, you know, uh, I come up with a lot of ideas. Alvin comes up with a lot of ideas, Gwendolyn, and we come together and we just build on them. And uh, it's great to be a part of a collaborative creative process to where, you know, what we end up creating would be in a sense, nothing like what it have been if it were solo, you know, or, right. or something isolated. So That's yeah. <laughs> Thanks Porter. You, you, well, to, in my awareness, you just started sort of speaking about the, the Irish stuff, but maybe you've been doing it all along. I just started to notice this and also like the little accent on your name is, is this kind of a, I don't know, a new embodiment or, or something. It's uh, you know, it's, it's an old embodiment that I have um, really made a conscious decision to put more out there. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I was given the name Sean. I was named after an Irish priest that my, that my mom um, really admired. And uh, my grandmother would tell me stories about her grandfather's stories of being in Ireland. And, and I grew up with a real passion, you know, for, for that. She gave me a little laminated shamrock that I would keep underneath my pillow and a little Irish flag. And I dreamt as a child of going there. Uh, and finally, you know, was able to fulfill that dream, you know, after doing that Irish studies program. And uh, it's always been there. When I, when, I, when I did the Irish studies program in college, I learned that the proper Gaelic um, spelling of my name actually has a, a little slash. It's called a fada over the A. And that, that as actually the pronunciation of Sean without the accent, it's pronounced Shan <laughs> and it means old, uh, <laughs> like a way of really, uh, I always sign, I've been signing my name in that way, um, you know, all the years. And, you know, I don't know if computer technology has improved, but there was a period where I started to use it, uh, type it, but then it would appear as some weird symbol, you know, and it, people oh, would get really confused and, um, but anyway, I just, uh, you know, really during the pandemic, I decided um, to really see if I could begin to use the typed, you know, spelling of it as a way of really honoring and naming my connection, you know, to my Irish ancestry. And, you know, I think that this is a time also when uh, many of us are being invited to really honor, you know, our, our ancestry, whether it's our blood ancestry or that uh, those presences, you know, in, in history or in culture uh, that we feel, you know, a, an alliance with, you know, a, a connection to. And uh, I know that, um, you know, there's, there's been some uh, movement, you know, around really, you know, just everybody becoming clearer where we come from, you know, and, wh and what are we doing uh, with that and how conscious are we being about um, the connections that we have and how are we uh, working with those energies. And uh, I think it's great, you know, just to have the opportunity to just continue to deepen, you know, and be more uh, honest, sincere to find, you know, what's authentic to each of us. And for some of us, it might be our blood ancestry. And for others, it might be something else that really speaks to our soul. Yeah. yeah. One of the, the things that I also love that you do besides your music is how you teach yoga with 
mythology, how you, you tell stories in your yoga classes. Are you now, or have you ever done that with Irish stories? Because there's so many beautiful yes. stories. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I have a blessing of collaborating with a good friend. Uh, her name is Mary Megan, and she lives in Ireland, was born in, in Belfast, and, and uh, she uh, has been guiding um, Celtic spirituality um, experiences for people in Ireland for many years now. And uh, we met in graduate school at Naropa and have been just dear friends ever since. So we've guided a lot of retreats together and um, we started doing online Celtic spirituality gatherings on all of the Celtic festival days during the pandemic, which has been one of the silver linings for sure. And so as a part of that, I sing a lot of Irish songs, um, chant in Gaelic and share some stories, you know, along the way and the mythology. Absolutely. It's really rich, you know, as well. And uh, I love uh, I love storytelling. I think it's one of the most beautiful ways to learn, to receive, you know, wisdom, to learn about ourselves. Uh, and I I love um, I have a kind of a Joseph Campbell inspired, you know, Carl Jung inspired association to mythology, where you know, really looking for the threads across different stories and cultures, and seeing how these myths can really inspire. Uh, our humanity, you know, no matter what culture we come from or, or what language we speak to find these kinds of universal themes, you know, that help us to get to know ourselves better and be in deeper relationship with each other, you know, as human beings. And uh, I, yeah, I love, I love it. Thanks for, for sharing that, bringing that oh, up. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Well, so when I first met you, I didn't actually meet you, but I came to your concert at Studio Santosha in Connecticut because I was doing my teacher training and I was so young. I was, it was like right at the beginning of my, of doing yoga. And it was the first time I'd ever heard Kirtan <laughs> and you weren't doing any English at that time. It was just, I think, I mean, at least in that concert, um, it was yeah. just mantras. And I was like, what is this? And so I, you know, my, my teacher who knew that I was um, Mitchell Blyer, who knew that I was also a musician because I was actually making my first album of singer songwriter stuff at the time. He was like, I could show you how to like put some of these mantras to music or, or no, he wasn't, he wasn't telling me I could put them, to put the music. He was, he was like, I could teach you some of the mantras that you could put the music, but like, <laughs> I could, I was like, how do you put a mantra to music? Like how, you know, like it, it was, it was beyond my, my ability to comprehend until a few years later. But I just remember this, like the feeling of what I got from, from your performance. And it totally, it planted a seed because I didn't know really how to act on it then, but it planted the seed of like, music can be more than what I think it is. Oh, that's so cool, Porter. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Mitchell is a dear friend you know, of mine. We still collaborate together yeah. and guide a teacher training program called Soul School together. And uh, yeah, that, that's, that's great. I, I'm so glad that that experience was a part of your journey because certainly you have really grown to be a, just a beautiful, you know, musician and, and mantra musician. And I think you figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, yeah. A few years later, I figured it out. I was like, Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know why, but it just didn't make sense. Like that, that mantra, the loka, like I played that on, on repeat for a long time and it, it took a very long time for my brain to figure out 
the use of these words that weren't my own with a melody. I wonder if it was, if it was similar for you or if it, you just sort of like instinctually took to it. You're like, oh, I heard this, I have a melody for it. Yeah, I, I think that it took a little bit of time. Um, my first real introduction you know, to Sanskrit mantra was Vedic chanting. And that's a particular meter, you know, and it gives a kind of formula to that. It's very ancient and incredibly powerful, um, can really create some special states of consciousness. And so I was initially sharing a lot of Vedic chants, more not call and response, but more unison. Uh, this is the way that, you know, Russell uh, facilitated chanting where we would sing together over and over and repeating. And uh, I was, you know, initially sharing it in that way. And then uh, one of my other um, prominent teachers in those early years was Jai Utal. And uh, Jai, uh, you know, I was really introduced to the kind of call and response style of kirtan and chanting through, through Jai and uh, was actually a part of his very first uh, kirtan camp that he offered. Uh, Govindas was also there uh, and some other wonderful people. And it was a small group of us, uh, San Rafael, California I've open been, secret yeah. bookstore. You've been yeah. there <laughs> just for the day. A friend of mine was taking it, but yeah. Nice. Really, really sweet experience. And so that, that was, you know, Jai certainly ha also has a very diverse musical background and lots of influences. And it was very inspiring to experience the way that he both, you know, and also he's deep student of Indian Hindustani classical music. And so he, you know, definitely does some, some of his songs are raga based and others more, you know, like a reggae thing or an Appalachian thing. And, and so uh, I really was inspired, you know, by him in those early years that would, that would have been about 20 years ago now. And uh, that should, that opened up like a, a whole other world. And the other thing that happened to me that, you know, was, I think an important revelation was initially I was studying Indian classical vocal music, uh, uh, Carnatic, as well as some Hindustani. And I was trying so hard to sound like my Indian teachers, you know, mm -hmm. and that was like, it was a, you know, important, I think, step to kind of mimic in a sense. Uh, but there was a point where I realized that, you know, that was just not possible. <laughs> um, I'm, my name is Sean Johnson and I'm from New Orleans and, you know, my, most of my ancestors are from Ireland and, you know, my, my voice, which I think is so connected, our voice and our soul are just so deeply intertwined. You know, it, it I have a different kind of, uh, building blocks, you know, in a sense. And, uh, it was important to honor you know, those. And what's interesting is there's a lot of debate about, you know, what's authentic and what's pure, you know, and, and, uh, and I, and I have incredible admiration for, you know, many friends who have gone really deep down a particular um, path uh, music. That's not their native culture. Uh, uh, Benji Wertheimer comes to mind, you know, as someone who's been a student, you know, of Indian music for a long time and has gone really, really deep. And uh, at that, what my realization was that uh, I really, you know, was guided to honor my own roots uh, and, and find a way to continue to honor and respect the um, threads, you know, of Indian music, of bhakti, of Hinduism, Su Sufism, the other um, 
traditions and cultures that were really speaking to my soul, but then to find an authentic way to express those through my own roots, you know, and through my own influences. And that might not be everybody's path, but it just, it really felt like that felt authentic. I felt honest, you know, and sincere, you know, for me. Uh, and it's been a process over the years. You mentioned that when you when you heard us years ago, we weren't doing any English, you know, and that's been an evolution. And I see a lot of other artists also beginning to incorporate and uh, had a conversation with Suzanne Sterling recently. I think she used the expression, uh, re-sanctify the English language or something like that. And I loved, uh, I love that phrase. Uh, and really honoring, you know, both um, the power of ancient languages to transform our consciousness, but also honoring uh, our own, you know, our own language and finding ways to um, create sacred spaces, you know, and, and to transform our own and the other's consciousness through poetry, you know, and, and lyrics and words of our own language. And I really love, uh, I love creating the possibility for someone who perhaps is not into yoga, never really considered mantra, you know, uh, and, and yet having some English create some context, you know, around chants mm -hmm. that could allow for a bridge to be built for there to be some, you know, greater accessibility and for people to open up to the power of mantra by having some English there to help to create perhaps a, a an understanding or, or relationship or um, relevancy for someone who might be coming from a place of just, you know, unfamiliarity with that. Uh, you know, I, I consider um, the work that we do musically to be bridge building. You know, and this is yoga, yoga is um, union, you know, wholeness, healing. And so I, I believe, you know, to practice yoga means to be that, to be a bridge builder. And uh, we're all going to do it in different ways, you know, but I love in integration, connection. My, my um, undergrad education was at the Evergreen State College up in Olympia, Washington. And the whole philosophy of, of the methodology of education was interdisciplinary. So I'm always trying to find connections and threads um, and bring together things that might initially seem disparate, you know, or separate from each other and to find, you know, authentic uh, ways to connect. And so, you know, those things together, I think it's really healing to be able to do that. That's what we're seeking to do. We, we you know, we may, may or may not always uh, uh, reach the goal, but that's, that's certainly our intention. Yeah. I didn't realize you had the Washington connection. I, I was, yeah. Just move from there. Really yeah, I I'm curious about the English, um, the English incorporation. Was was that something that you like? Just were inspired. You wrote a lyric in English, and then you felt permitted to do it again. And or was it like <laughs> a conscious choice? Like we really should translate some things for people. Or you know, it's it's been there for a long time. The desire to and funny enough, Alvin and Gwendolyn were pretty resistant to it, you know, in the early years. And I tried to introduce some English and they felt, they felt uncomfortable, you know, with it. And so it took a while for them to come around. And, uh, you know, I think that there is a funny, I call it the corny meter, 
you know, it's like everybody has their own like corny meter when it comes to English words. And for some people, any English combined with Sanskrit or, you know, whatever ancient chants you're working with feels, you know, just a little bit too self-conscious or, uh, and then um, for other people, it's just finding the right lyrics, you know, finding the poetry and, uh, and, and then it works, you know, and, and then, so I think that, uh, you know, if you asked Alvin and Gwendolyn, they would say, well, you're writing better lyrics now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, if you asked me, I would say, well, I've been writing the, you know, lyrics the whole time, uh, but you guys have come around. So uh, anyway, I think it's a combination, you know, of the two. And uh, I love it. I think it's really great. And there's something different. Maybe you, I'd love to hear your perspective on this because I know you do both. Uh, I find that there's different um, energies that come through my voice when I'm singing in English and other energies that come through when I'm singing, you know, Sanskrit. Uh, and I like, I like to be able to engage, you know, with all of those, that full spectrum. Mm-hmm. You find that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes I feel like I've done a mantra in another language so many times that it does sort of become like English to me. Like, like I understand it, you know, I'm, it's part of my, my lexicon. Other times I feel like I'm reciting things and it's, you know, it's like when we talk about the mind, body and spirit, like I feel like the English is, is the mind because we, we know what it means. We mentally mentally feel like we can wrap our brain around it or our mind around it so it it's it's anchoring or rooting in that way yeah yeah um yeah i i haven't really that was that's the first time i've sort of i've sort of considered that in in that way i mean obviously they do have different energies and also a different purpose probably a lot of the time because you're um but they, they can have interchangeable purposes. So like sometimes you're singing something in Sanskrit that you don't expect anybody to repeat. It's just a long thing that you totally. get to recite that brings that energy to the group or whatever. Um, yeah. Same thing for like an English lyric, maybe that you don't expect any, but you just sort of expect them to absorb. Right. Exactly. Um, and then other times it's going to be something simple that can be, that can be repeated, but that could be English or, or Sanskrit. I mean, in, in my, I, it wasn't really a language that I was doing in the, the Sikh tradition because it's like a combination of a bunch of languages. So sometimes it's like Punjabi or, or whatever, but, um, but yeah, sometimes it's easy enough to repeat and it, you know, it, it lights, it lights up that spark and it's beyond the mental for the totally. audience, which is wonderful because it gets them out of their brain about the thing. And then sometimes it is like my, you know, I am the light of my soul and for that one, when, when people say I am beautiful, like that's triggering, you know? Yeah. Um, so I know that it's like, it's like, it kind of hurt, you know, it kind of hurts almost to, to have to do it. Whereas if you're saying like, um, Om or Jay Ganesha, you know, it's not really con- confrontational. True, unless true. people have, unless people have an aversion to chanting things in different language. So I suppose it's different for. Yeah. 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 I feel that for sure. <laughs> that was that, that perspective was all over the place but yeah thanks for asking absolutely yeah. yeah yeah I mean I think it's great um you know I feel like we there's, there's not a word that I mean first off music obviously one of the most frustrating things about it is it defies categories and yet we try to put right. it into boxes and categories and and uh 
and then some of the words that we end up or end up being used in the in the community or in the marketplace or whatever you want to call it just don't quite make it or you know like conscious music would be one phrase that you hear and and uh it's cool but it's kind of pretentious at the same time because that (laughs) means that other music isn't conscious and i don't really like that about it right uh but it does feel like there is a you know a community of musicians of artists that want to just share some consciousness raising uh you know messages you know in their in their music that um that feels really, you know, authentic. Like, uh, one of the one of the um, musicians who I really love and listen to a lot is Trevor Hall, and uh, I really, you know, love the way he uses English. You know, occasionally sprinkles in some mantra, not not so much, you know, but there's something about his influences and the way that, particularly in his later work, for me, um, I find really inspiring, you know, and and awakening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think the it's interesting. So when we talk about conscious music or even like medicine music or things, people can use all sorts of different things for yeah. their own, you know, awakening purposes. I mean, you know, maybe they're listening to the Rolling Stones and they're having ecstatic experience, you know, exactly. but probably the intention that was placed in it wasn't that, right. It was, it was a different intention, which isn't wrong, but, um, oh. But I feel like when you're writing a song, you're you, especially if you're using a month that has a specific intention, you're like infusing that music with a specific totally. intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also something about, um, for example, if I have a chord progression or a melody that has come through, and to me, it always feels like a gift. It's not. I don't really sit down and like try to. I'm going to compose a mantra song today. It, it's more. It just comes you know it arrives and then it gets built upon and i might put some thought into constructing it but to me it's very mysterious like where these songs come from and i have great awe for wherever that is and um you know when it does arise though and it comes time to finding say a month sometimes it comes with a mantra and sometimes it doesn't and i and i want to put a mantra to it but it's never like a random, like, oh, I'm just going to throw on the Maha Mantra onto this. That, that'd be great. The free, you know, the, the, the phrasing works out, the meter. It's just like the, the music speaks a certain kind of mood, you know, that to me is very connected to the, the archetypal um, presence, you know, of, of these mantras and uh, that, there's a lot of intention, you know, behind that, where I know, you know, some people don't put it, perhaps put as much intention into that. They're just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just going to throw, you know, this, this mantra on this chord progression. And that sounds good. But to me, it's uh, the music, the sound um, is very revealing, you know, uh, and there's lots of different layers to particularly the the mantras that are connected with deities, you know, and and the different aspects of them. And so I'm pretty particular, you know, about that process. And uh, I hope that that comes through on the other side, you know, when people are listening to the mood that's being created. The I'm bath. so glad you brought that up because also in your live performances, one of the reasons that I love your live performances so much is the intentionality in the instrumentation you use, the breaks, the, you know, okay, this is going to get, it's going to, you know, it's not just this, 
like it's going to start slow and it's going to get bigger and then it's going to die, you know? Yeah. And you guys have, have such amazing musicality, um, uh, which obviously comes from all the background that you, that you spoke about in the beginning, but um, how does that work itself out? It's, it's, uh, it's important to all of us, you know, it's a priority and uh, it's a, a place where I feel like the power of musical dynamics, you know, and arrangements and, like you said, parts, you know, and breaks, keeping it uh, emotion. Again, like it, it connects to the emotional aspect, you know, the way that music just generally as an art can move people's emotions and uh, take people for a ride, you know, through different emotional states. Uh, that's just one of the main purposes of bhakti, you know, yoga as well. So I feel like the, the, craft of doing that goes hand in hand, you know, with the, with the intention, you know, of, of bhakti. And, uh, we, uh, we've always wanted to create dynamic, you know, music that, um, has takes people on a journey, you know, in a sense, and is rare, rarely static. It's important to us, uh, to definitely create that experience both live, you know, in person as well as, you know, in our recording as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's so fascinating about it to me, just knowing like from the back end of like having to, and I don't have a band, I've never had like a set. So I imagine that that makes it a little bit easier, but it's like, okay, so when I give you this signal, we're going to bring in the, you know, we're going to bring in the drums. I don't know how many times we're going to chant this, but you'll know when, to, you know, and, and I'm curious because there are, it, it is so dynamic for, for y'all. Like, I'm assuming there's no set number of of it's like a feeling or there's a cue like how how do you you know are you asking me to give away our secrets <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want to yeah <laughs> whatever you feel comfortable. I'm just kidding <laughs> uh, it's uh you know one thing that in the early years we would have like train wrecks you know where like it was like no we weren't on the same page and we thought we one person thought we were ending you know or moving a new section another didn't and it just like you know it was like uh, but as a result um i started to develop vocal cues uh which i just slide in uh and it's it works a lot better i find for us than the sign language cues you know <laughs> probably play with musicians and they're just gonna like they nod their head and you're like what did that mean <laughs> sometimes you're just like jamming you know and they're like right. oh, is he cueing me right now or you know right. you're you're moving your head or whatever there's so much room for misinterpretation so i'll use um distinct syllables or words that are not in, in any of our songs that cue um this is we're coming up on the end or let's keep going we have a, a cue for let's you know let's keep going when say the crowd is really into it and uh i'm like no i don't want to stop this this is just <laughs> charged right now and so i have a cue that basically communicates we're going to keep going uh i have another cue for a break you know uh, uh like a drum break and um there's a cue for when we're ending you know uh, either section or ending a song and so that's been a really like simple, but very practical, you know, an effective way to develop the ability to travel, you know, through the arrangement without any more train wrecks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I always wondered that. Thank you for yeah, sharing yeah. that because yeah. it does seem so seamless to the audience member, almost like you had decided <laughs> we're going to do this block for this amount of time, this block for this amount of time. 
you know, but I know it can't possibly be that because it also feels really organic. So that makes sense. That's good. And I don't like it to be so constricted to where um, we can't com communicate with the crowd, you know, because I think one of the things that continues to be a priority, even as we share more English and, um, you know, just continue to, to evolve as a band musically is the thing that's still essential to us is participation, you know, interaction, creating a space, both live as well as when people are listening to our album at home to be able to, to participate with it, you know, and not just passively listen, but to be a part of it, to sing along, you know, and, and, uh, cause that's to, in my opinion, like that is, it's still a practice, you know, even though it's, it's, concealed inside of you know this whole you know interesting musical arrangement there's still the opportunity for people to sing along with it and in that singing all kinds of wonderful things happen you know to our chemistry and to our mind and our brainwave patterns and our emotions and and so much more and that continues to be uh, essential you know to to what we do is that that's always there or you know as much as possible that that's really present there yeah i would love it if you wanted to share one or however many songs snippets from your your new album sure sure let me pick do. i'll pick one out let's see here i love the i love how this album begins too with your with your intro it, would you call that an intro song i was yeah yeah thank you <laughs> A little welcome to the show <laughs> that's right it's okay. a prologue it's a prologue yeah. in a sense yeah you know what i can do is uh i'll just sing that one at, just live here oh yay right now can you hear me okay i I, yeah, yeah. I don't think i switched anything over yet okay so this is called listen to your heart listen up listen to your heart not to the voices that are pulling you pulling you listen up listen listen to your heart Listen up, listen to your heart, not to the voices that are pulling you, pulling you. Listen up, listen, listen to your heart. Will the river dried up, but it flows inside you. Love disappear, but it's hiding right behind you. Listen up, listen, listen to your heart. What feels so far away is so close you can't see it. Gotta close your eyes and trust to believe it. Listen up, listen. Listen to your heart. Well, it's been a windy road. I forget this often. Wanna be reminded, wanna make this offering. Listen up, listen. Listen to your heart. Well, I've reached for the truth and I've searched for the guru. Gonna tell you straight, she's high. Listen up, listen, listen to your heart. Oh, listen up, listen to your heart. <laughs> Thank you. That that's like the uh, that's the first song on the album, and very much like setting the tone for the themes. You know that will come the explored through the other songs, and like a little bit of a prologue. It's super short. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to keep it really simple uh, and kind of intimate. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of the gateway to mystery. <laughs> I love it. I love how fun and kind of percussive it is, too. Oh, Beautiful. thank you. <laughs> thank you.
so let's see yeah i'm gonna play something here this is um i'll go ahead and play the title track this is called mystery that's what you would play yeah awesome. great <laughs> uh the mantra that we sing is uh om namo narayanaya it's associated with vishnu which is the power of sustaining of preserving of honoring uh what we what's already been created and what we want to put our energy into and uh in the middle section when we do this live and you hear a little bit of it in the kind of fabric of the song we ask people to sing om in a kind of round way like an ocean of ohms practice mm. and uh, it's great to just you know tune into people's freedom to be able to open their voices and sing as they wish so yeah, this one's called uh, Mystery. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Narayanaya. Om Namo Set me free, set me free. Well, I know you. 
Something's pumping our blood Something's breathing our lungs right now Pushing lotus up through the mud Something mends the broken parts Something closes a cut Something clears the anger out Pushing lotus up through the mud Well, I've never seen it with my eyes I've got no words at all to describe I won't get close to it with any philosophy I just know I can't survive Without mystery A mystery, a mystery Set me free, set me free Well, I know you're always with me Mystery, mystery, a mystery Set me free, set me free Well, I know you're always with me feel like it it really um you hear a lot of our influences you know and that's yeah song. that really yeah. combines so many of of what you all are right I mean you totally hear just in how you described Alvin you totally hear that in the thing and then I really loved how um deliberate you were about the background vocals and that too like Gwendolyn it was so fun like a, just a, like just enough right it was it was very it was very cool thank you and i want to uh give a shout out to our producer and our engineer chris rosser you know who just um was just magical you know in helping to bring our our vision and what we thought we heard you know to life and to really manifest that and uh, he's just incredible he is a uh, based in Asheville, north carolina and an amazing musician unto himself he was playing keys uh, uh on that that <laughs> funky uh, keyboard part so uh yeah yeah he's great cool. it's nice to have a it's nice to have a great producer that like actually brings that can kind of sense who you are and make that you know into a reality because that's what people end up remembering about it right is exactly <laughs> i feel like um you know particularly i guess for the kind of uh producer that we like the producer the role of the producer is like a midwife you yeah. know in a sense yeah. uh like supporting the birth you know of something not 
imposing, you know, too much, but just nurturing, you know, and, and, uh, um, trying to make it <laughs> as useful as possible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when the, what's great about Chris, he's kind of, um, like when he gives us some constructive feedback, you know, that like just total faith and trust. All right. He's Chris spoke <laughs> and it's not that often, you know, he really believes in where we're all coming from and trusts us. And, and, uh, I love that very encouraging you know really positive and at the same time like i really want to hear because he has a perspective you know on the outside we're too close mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. and so to have somebody be able to um to you know give you a little bit of feedback and kind of steer you in the right in the right direction especially if you're feeling like you know so closed in with the with the songs you've been living with for years uh, so he's great that's a great analogy i love that <laughs> midwife that's wonderful heard their albums i've heard people describe their albums as like births but yeah the that is totally what that is that's great all right well would you like to tell people where they can find out more about you about the events that you're doing all that good stuff sure yeah um well our band website is very long (laughs) we should do something about that i will actually put the link in the description of the podcast so say it but it'll also be easy to click on sean johnson and the wild lotus band.com sean johnson and the wild lotus band.com that has uh you know links to our music um upcoming events and uh uh, a lot of the other uh, events that I'm involved in, the Soul School teacher training program that I guide, um, our Celtic spirituality gatherings that we do every six weeks or so. And uh, you can find Mystery uh, after October 29th on all, everywhere, you know, where you can get music online will be available, streaming as well as, um, you know, downloadable. And uh, we have been starting to do some live you know, events and really looking forward to getting back on the road more, you know, doing it in a safe way. And uh, so that'll have inf- information about, you know, where we'll be starting to get some invitations for festivals next year. And we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a good resource. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. And thanks y'all for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you, Porter. For more conversations like this and to help us share this podcast, please subscribe on the platform of your choice as well as leave us a comment. To keep in touch with me and receive updates, please sign up for my newsletter at portersinger.com. You'll get a free download as well as receive updates on my self-healing sound courses, workshops, and other community building events that I'm creating. Have a beautiful day.